Look out, Dan's here, shot by Wierenski. Big save by Flurry, took the angle away. Blue towards the net, shoots and scores! Bill Kessel with a snapshot from 23 feet away. To the Penguins Hockey Fancast. This is episode two, season 2017-2018. It is Monday, January 15th, 2018. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Happy day. <laughs> you worked today. I did yes. not. And we watched the hockey games last weekend. Yes. I watched the Detroit game. You watched Pitt lose to Virginia Georgia Tech. Yeah. What we're going to do here is we're going to break down each game, what we like from the games, and we're going to try and figure out maybe a three stars. Yeah, that works for me. You know, any players that stood out negatively we can talk about as well. Uh, but I think we'll start with the three stars, what to like about each game. So if you want to go ahead with Detroit. Yeah, so, I mean, the Penguins played the last two games over the weekend. The Penguins played really well. They played like we're used to seeing with this current cup contender so it's pretty it's pretty evident that they're they're starting to turn things around on the season maybe a a positive from the game was the fact that there wasn't really a weak spot in their whole lineup the pk played excellent the role players were excellent the stars all showed up tristan jari had a great bounce back game maybe a negative for that game would be that they they had seven penalties called against them they were on the penalty kill seven times. Penalty kill this year has been awesome. First in the league since American Thanksgiving. And uh, it's been excellent. Three stars. You watched it, I didn't. Well. You can pull up straight stats. Yeah, I mean, the best player on the ice was Evgeny Malkin. Okay, so that's number one. Whenever you have four points, two goals, two assists, three shots on goal, you're the number one star. It seems really obvious, but Evgeny Malkin, number one star, number two stars, Kessel, and number three stars, Crosby. The stars came to play. They all looked excellent. Maybe an off-the-board pick would be someone like Carl Hagelin, who was really noticeable. He only had one assist, but it's good to see that he's kind of got his legs back under him and uh, is playing well again. And then Tristan Jari, again, is another standout for me. He had a really good bounce-back game from the, the game he got pulled in last last weekend before the uh, the bye week against Boston. Any comments on any of that? No, I mean, I didn't watch the game. I mean, it sounds consistent with what the stats show. Sounds consistent with the direction the Pens are going in general. Detroit's not very good this year. Yeah, but that's like I maybe mean, one I caveat. I think it's a good litmus, litmus test that, that um, you know, you got beat up by them before the new year and you came back and after the bye week and beat up on them so 
kind of shows you the direction the Penguins are headed in. Okay, so I, I talked almost exclusively about the, the Detroit game. So why don't you take a stab at the Rangers game? All right. You can say a lot of the same things you can say about the Detroit game. Maybe a little more discipline. I think they only took two penalties in Pittsburgh against the Rangers. Stats were well, even beyond stats. They played a fast-paced game. Some turnovers, not a whole lot. No one really stood out as a negative asset. Maybe Hunwick didn't have a great game, I think, just based upon his overall performance. But, I mean, he's a bottom-pair defenseman, so, I mean, what are you going to expect? Yeah, Gino, Gino was someone yeah, I would Gino mention. Yeah, Gino was spotty at some times, too, but no points for him either. So, I mean, if you're going to give a minus, I'd give it to probably some of your bottom-tier players like Hunwick and those players and Gino. Gino was the only star who really didn't come up to play. A lot of turnovers. His turnover read, led directly to a Michael Grabner goal, which helped my fantasy team, but didn't help the Penguins. No. But overall, a good effort. So why don't you why don't you do your three stars? I was just about to get there. So number three, I'm going to have to go to Carl Hagelin. He's really picked it up since the halfway point of the season. Goal and an assist for him again in the, against his old team. Again, his uh, speed on the forecheck was super evident. He kills penalties. He's a good all-around player. All that was missing was the point production, and he's got three points in the last two games, which isn't phenomenal, but for a player like that, it's what you kind of expect. And yeah, want. he also had this game, he had his 200th career point. Just so hopefully that kind of breaks the cap and breaks the dam open and, and lets him play. A yeah, one thing that's true about Carl Hagelin is the last two seasons, he's played the most hockey of anyone, yeah, I believe. He's he's a streaky player, too. Yeah. Just it, throughout his career... There will be times where he's super hot scoring and then times where he just doesn't score. And, and I don't expect Carl Hagelin to magically, like... I mean, he's I not going to be a 20-goal scorer, but I mean, 10 to 15 isn't unreasonable. Right, but his hot is like uh, one goal every five games yeah. for the remainder of the season would yeah. be really hot for Hagelin. Maybe chipping in a few assists. But in his last two, he's got three points. So maybe we're on to a new Hagelin here where he can... Well, I mean, he, he can score. Him. He's shown he can score and he has the speed to... To be competitive in this league, he just has been snake bit for the past year and a half, probably. Last at the end of last year, he was dealing with the broken foot, and I think he both broke both feet actually. So hopefully, he's finally starting to get healthy and power through those injuries, and then really start to produce. A second star, I'm going to give Jamie Alexiak. Dude was noticeable all night long. Um, Seventeen uh, shots for or shot attempts for and two against. Mm-hmm. And I think even high danger was like nine or seven to nothing. Four versus good. against. Yeah, it, it was, was really, really, good. really, really good. And that's become pretty consistent with him. Also, two assists. Four shots on goal. He was tied for the lead on the team with shots on goal between him and uh, a bunch of other players. A bunch of other players. Yeah. But yeah. He was up there with the, the Patrick Hornquists of the team, the Crystal yeah. Tangs, the Crosbys. And it's just a really strong. I mean, he steps up and defends Ryan Reeves, which, I mean, you really don't have to do, but you still like him dropping in the midst. <laughs> yeah, there. the fight there. Yeah, and he That's probably like the first time that's ever happened Brendan's for Ryan Reeves. Man. Yeah, right. But He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, he'll take it. I mean, it was a clean hit too, but I mean, still, you like him stepping up and defending his teammate there. So It is assists. weird how tough the Penguins are now. Yeah, I mean, but the thing with Alexiak is, I mean, he can skate too. I mean, he's not a bad skater. He can skate for his size. Like, he's not he's not going to ever he's, be described yeah, as Yeah, but, like, I mean, neither is Ian Cole. I mean, but Ian Cole fits well within the system because he plays that kind of game and clears out the front of the net. Yeah, and, and I, I, mean, I the, feel the like the Jamie Alexiak... I mean, the stats for themselves. Like, 17 shots for versus two against, that's 
That might speak great. more to his usage, though. Because if you think about how Mike Sullivan – like, what makes Mike Sullivan such a good coach is how he deploys his players. He's always been an excellent tactician yeah, in the sense that his usage of players, he uses them in a way and completely understands how they contribute to a successful hockey team. So a player like Jamie Alexiak comes into the organization. The coaching staff, Jacques Martin, Sergey Gonchar, and uh, Mark Recchi, Mark Mike Sullivan – they identify the player that they have, and they allow them to play to their strengths, which I think is one of the main reasons that you see a lot of defensemen coming from shitty, not shitty organizations, but organizations. Shitty situations. In, exactly. And Edmonton is a shitty organization. For Justin Schultz, absolutely yeah. was a shitty. Yeah. Phil Kessel's. Toronto's. Canadian, Canadian media is terrible. Yeah, ridiculous. But he sees and identifies what they're good at, and he lets them play to their strengths. Mm-hmm. And th- there is no more evident. And build, they even build confidence with him. And I think that you see that happening every game with Jamie Alexiak. And I think he just keeps getting better and better. And with the tools he has, he has a, he has a chance to be a pretty damn good And you're player. talking about the reach. Reach. The, the, the size. Speed for the size. And he's got a, he's got a pretty good shot. And he's too. got a great shot. So with his tools. There's a lot to like. With a confidence. Yeah, especially for a fourth-round pick. What a deal that was. So that, well, Jim yeah. might have got the magic back. We'll see. If he turns into like even a remotely like a solid bottom pairing defenseman, that's what you want from that. If he has any upside beyond that, then well, your he, top you're talking about making set. That's what I mean. You're talking about making a player like Justin Schultz expendable yeah. for other assets that you can use in the future mm-hmm. to keep the, the playoff streak alive and to keep competing for a cup. Alright, but my first star is just gonna go to Sid. I called him out in our season review show because he hasn't had a great – he didn't have a great start to the season. But, I mean, he's got oh, – I don't even know how many points in the last – since the new year. But he's been on fire since the halfway point of the season. So he's really turned around. He's flying every shift. He's picking up Simone. He's picking up Sprawl. And he's carrying the team. And that's what you want out of your captain. And you're getting the production with a goal and an assist. Yeah. In this game. So, I mean, nothing more you can ask out of Sid. Sid's and, being Sid right now. Yeah, He's which playing. is exactly what you need. I mean, there was a play on Saturday, and you probably saw this on Twitter, but it was lifting Nielsen's stick and shooting all in one motion. No, I didn't see that. For those listening, and I'll show you this after the podcast, Sid is, I think it's on the power play. He gets a pass from Kessel. He sees the play developing, sees that Nielsen's going to – intercept the pass so he lifts his stick and then then within a second he's shooting the puck and scoring and that's the sort of thing you expect from Crosby yeah exactly Uh, that heads up play where he's three steps ahead of right because he thinks the game on such level in in Boston when he fed Evgeny Malkin for that in the slot for the goal at the end of the second period so Sid being Sid's what you want and that's why he gets the first star I would like to give an honorable mention to Dominic Simone though the guy's got crazy hands and scored his first NHL goal. Yeah, and he had a, he had a good chance. Made a slick move to receive a pass and turn around and shoot it all in one. Spin around as well, which he didn't score on, but he did end and up. Once this kid gets some confidence, and I think he's going to score a little bit more than he has. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know about that. The the jury's still out on his on his long term top six ability. I think um, long term he's a middle six complimentary winger. Seth Rarboff from the Athletic, I think interviewed. Mike Sullivan about Dominic Simone and Mike Sullivan thinks the same as you. He says that you know watching this kid play in the in the minors when he did see him, he said he's he's got NHL upside. Yeah, it's just a matter sure. of getting the confidence and 
maybe developing a little bit more to get there. Yeah, but he's got hands and does enough passing work and got enough moves to stay in the NHL. He's got a little bit of speed skating. He's not his best asset, but still an honorable honorable mention for him scoring his first NHL goal. Yeah, Tristan Jari had a good game too. He was all right, yeah. I mean, he probably wants that second he, one he back. Did, he did enough to win the game, which yeah. is what you ask if you're a starting goalie. The Brandon Smith goal was a little bit shaky. Yeah. But, yeah, they won. Mm-hmm. So how much more do you want from him? So I guess we'll – I mean, the Penguins play on Wednesday. They play the Ducks. The Ducks. The Ducks have been on a roll recently. Didn't they're they healthy. Just, I thought they just lost today to Colorado. They were down 3-1 last time I checked. Well, but Colorado's be, playing incredibly well. Yeah, that's eight That's eight in a row for Colorado. Eight Jeez. wins in a row. <laughs> Talk about someone regressing to the main, right? Yeah, well, they... I mean, it's just an amazing thing where they were last year and where they are now. It's well, pretty not, incredible Well, that's because Nathan McKinnon's having a year of his life. He's a legit... He's a legit top flight center in the in the league. Yep. He's proving it this year. Uh, there's another Mika Rantanen... My boy. Yep, the Ducks just lost three to one. They lost three to one. So yep. so they're they're coming off a loss into the game on Wednesday. They've actually lost three of their last four. So they're not on a roll at all. No, they've beat they beat the Kings on Saturday though, Saturday the thirteenth. That's yeah, a pretty that decent the, win. That was the game where Kempe got jacked up by yep. Cogliano. Yeah. Yep. So we <laughs> won't have to deal with Cogliano. He's on two game suspension. That speed is just blinding. He's Carl Haglin fast. Yeah. With a bit of an edge. Yeah. He probably scores a little bit more than... And no probably about it. He does score more than Carl Hagelin. He's a legit player. And makes less. So uh, that's yeah. annoying. But... And can play center. So... Wish we had Andrew Cogliano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not Carl Hagelin. But uh, that's okay. Well, I like Carl Hagelin for I what he is. I, I don't like his contract. But, yeah. but uh, then who's up? L.A. is on... Yeah, L.A. on Thursday. Thursday. And then on Saturday we play... San Jose. It's a California Jose, road trip, right. so no sleep till Brooklyn or California. Bunch of late night games this week. Yeah. I'm staying up to watch them. <laughs> you you should as well. I probably will. Maybe you'll get we'll the see. highlights. Yeah. So what do you have? Win, loss, win. I think they're going to split the games in Southern California, go up to Northern California, and win. We'll see. The Shark Tank's a tough place to play, but. I don't think San Jose is. Yeah, but it's even so. It's a. I mean, you can throw all that out the window. It's a tough place to play in the regular season. Um, It'll be banging, or jamming, whatever, whatever adjective. (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) Okay. Um, It'll be rocking. The house will be rocking. Pick an adjective, and it'll be that. Okay. Well, that's synonymous with loud. I expect more of the same. Penguins, Penguins out shooting their opponents, maybe not getting as many high danger chances against their opponents as Especially they Especially the need. Kings. I mean, the Kings like to shut it down. I mean, I'm not sure this year, but just in the past, the yeah. Kings have, have played to shut shut you down and win a game one nothing, well, 2 Dean, nothing, Dean Lombardi was their GM, and he built their team in 2000. Their, their cup-winning team was 2012, right? Sometime around Sometime then. in the early teens. He built them to be a possession team based on hitting you and yeah, possession along the boards big bodies cycle up yeah. high get the old shots time from hockey. the point old time hockey exactly. Eddie Shore Eddie Shore old time hockey is like speed skill details alright San Jose on Saturday we should beat the we should beat the Sharks yeah the Sharks aren't that great this year they're not great put Paul Martin on waivers you see that I did yeah 4.8 mil I guess is too much 
of a cap hit. Yeah, that was a stupid contract from the start. I don't think but, he's been bad. Well, well, just, he just—I mean—too expensive for his production. And now, you knew that defensive. going in. Thank God the Penguins didn't sign Paul Martin long term after his deal expired because for him commanding that much, it would have been Rob Scuderi 2.0. Exactly. It would have been exactly the same. So maybe we could have traded him for Trevor Daly. <laughs> that's that's still the biggest steal. Of this. That's, that's just an incredible trade. trade. I mean, Goligoski for Neal and uh, Niskanen was pretty good too. But I'm hoping for a Rutherford miracle like that with Hagelin's contract. Oh, well, we'll see. Maybe Hagelin for someone who's actually... Cogliano. The Ducks like Cogliano quite a bit. But actually, that, that segues well into our next topic, which is uh, the third-line center position. Yeah, and so we, we kind of planned for this. We each did two trades, realistic <laughs> trades. We were open to other options, too, but it's just so obvious that the, Penguin, that the Penguins need a third-line center that we both went with the center position. And there might be other needs, minor needs, to address, like adding a depth defenseman like we've done the last two years. Even- Maybe even adding some depth scoring, but... I don't I, the depth scoring is probably a depth winger might be a good pickup. I don't know. I, I still think with Simone and Sprong, those have been yeah, addressed. Yeah, it's, it's tough to. The farm addressed that. Yeah. Like so, it did for the last two years. The big glaring hole is definitely third line center. So that's where we both went. Currently, Gensel's in that spot, but Gensel's a natural winger. Yeah, he's much, much better on the wing. Jim has been actively searching for a third line center on the trade market since. Last free since free agency of last year when Benito walked. Yep. And it's tough to be in the prediction business, but uh, we're gonna try our best. Well, yeah, it's also just fun to, to talk trades. Yeah, fair enough. So, so what what is a typical third line center for you? 35, 40 points a game can win faceoffs and kill penalties. Is essentially the preferably fits our style of play where they're quick. Yeah, you don't want some guy who can't keep up with with the rip. But I mean even. Nick Bonino wasn't the fleetest of foot, but... No, he wasn't. He was a decent skater, though. Yeah, but he ha- they have to be able to think the game at a high level. Think the game fast more than play the game fast. No, that doesn't make sense. Think the game fast more than skate quickly, if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. Because if you think the game at a high speed... You uh, can make plays your high-speed players and get them the puck. Exactly. Faster. You don't necessarily have to be the one streaking down the right wing. You just have to be the guy that can see that happening, act on it quickly. Exactly. Which Benino did really well. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons we won back-to-back cups was because we had that center depth. Something we've been lacking this year. Yes. Shea's yeah. been good, but he hasn't been. He's a good fit on the fourth line. Yeah, and, and he could fill in in a pinch in the third line. Yep. And be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's actually produced well as a penguin. Yeah. He's a fourth liner, ideally. So, with that. Who's your first? Thomas Plekanec is my first target. He's with the Canadians. The Canadians are terrible this year. He has a cap hit of six mil a year, so they'd have to retain. I have John has him what thirty two percent retention. Well, that would be only if we didn't want any like that's that would put us exactly at the cap. Yeah, I'd rather have him just retain fifty percent and give up another pick to get him. So Thomas Plekanec, sixteen points this year in forty three games. Which isn't great, but I mean, he's on a bad Montreal team that struggles to produce offense. Has Um, been really, really bad at producing goals in particular, and offense in general, but yeah. So, I think he's bound for a little bump in production with a Penguins team that thrives off offense. He's a smart, skilled, aging first-line center, arguably. 
was the Montreal Canadiens' first line center for a good five or six years there. Put up between you know fifty and sixty points a few times. Pretty consistently when he wasn't injured. Yeah. Can win faceoffs. Uh, he's at fifty three point three percent this year. Fifty one point two last year. His lowest is forty eight and thirteen fourteen, which really isn't bad at all. Uh, that's about where Benino was last year. He's been in Selkie contention. Can play defense. Kills penalties. Smart, veteran, savvy player. And I think it'd be pretty cheap to get him. Even with retention, you're looking maybe a second, third round pick for him. So what was your what was your actual trip? Canets, Cole, a second, and maybe a third, depending on the retention. So Kanek, four Cole, a second. And a yeah, third. and Montreal needs defense. And that's the 2019 third round pick. Yeah, so we don't have a third round pick this year, but... But they'd if, have to if they you include salary, which is why yeah. we have to add it. Which is why, I mean, that's a lot pick. to give up for Thomas Buchanan, <clears throat> an aging Thomas Buchanan, but... And you might, be able to, you might be able to do better with Bergevin. Yeah. You might be able to put Bergevin in a situation where... Hell, I'd take uh, Philip Deneau instead, to be honest with you. For that package, I think you could get Deneau without any salary retained. Yeah. But one of the two, Buchanan or Deneau... Or Deneau Deneau got hit in the head with a shot, but it's looking like a, con- a concussion. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how well he rebounds from that. Yeah, the news today was that he was experiencing concussion-like symptoms, which, duh. Yeah. He got hit in the head with a slap shot. Yeah. Um, but he's he's day-to-day at this point, which is better than week-to-week yep. or career And concussions are so odd that he could be ready to go in today or he could be ready to go, you know, six months from now. So it really depends on him. He's my ideal pick because he's controlled long term. He's younger. Younger. Better probably player, quicker. probably. Eh, probably. I mean, he now. doesn't have the experience. Now, maybe, but he doesn't have the experience of Buchanan. But, you know, I think the experience of bringing Buchanan in and kind of taking that leadership burden off Crosby and Malkin will help, too. I know leadership isn't tangible and it's tough to extract, but, I mean, I think there's value to it. But um, I would take either or for that package and either or fits under the cap. You just have to have Montreal retain some for uh, Thomas Buchanan. Yeah, and he could be the he could be our old guy without a cup. Exactly. I mean, he's the played new quote-unquote and... dad, which I loathe. But... <laughs> yeah, the dad for Matt Collin. Whatever. We're not bringing back Matt Collin. Please, yeah. God, no. He's not good anymore. He's been scratched. Get and, over it. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Well, you know how it is. People like people get attached to cup, cup play, uh, players, and I, yes. don't, I can't blame them. Well, thank God we didn't bring back Nick Benino for $4.5 million, who is being outscored by Riley Shan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You also want new legs. Bringing back those yeah. guys, they've got all the mileage that the last two Penguins teams have on them, and they're old, and Nick Benino wasn't particularly fast to begin with. Yep. I'm going to move on to mine. All right. So my first uh, trade target for the Penguins for third-line center would be Ryan Spooner. I, I don't like it. Q outrage. I, I mean, I he he's playing right wing now. He but here's the thing: thirteen points in twenty one games. So I looked this up. Anders Bjork he can't take faceoffs. No, no, no. Listen, Anders Bjork is for the first part of the season he was the right winger in the top six in Boston. He was demoted to Providence, Provincetown. Yeah. The Bruins I think it's farm just team. It might be Providence. You're right. Yeah. It's the capital of Rhode Island. Yes, Slash Province, like all of Rhode Island. Province Town's on Cape Cod. I realize that. 
that's not where they But play. I don't think they have a small Cape Cod. They don't sip wine and watch hockey in Cape Cod. No, you're right. That's not a very big town. Anyway, Ryan Spooner. <laughs> Ryan Spooner is currently playing on David Krejci's, who's their second-line center in Boston. He's playing on the right wing with David Krejci. And on the left wing of that line is Jake DeBrusque. Now, to start the year, Boston was playing well with the line of Jake DeBrusque, David Krejci, Anders Bjork. And then Anders Bjork got injured. He came back for a couple games. He was not very good after his injury. They sent him down to province. He's been lighting it up in province ever since. And a lot of Bruins fans uh, on Reddit, a lot of Bruins articles that have been put in the news recently are talking about how, how can you keep a guy like that down indefinitely? What are you going to do to get him into the, the Bruins lineup? Which means that... They have a they have a lot of NHL ready forwards that they don't have space for. They don't have space for, and that become expendable whenever you consider that they also want to add defense. And Spooner for Cole makes sense, but Spooner for Cole is Ryan Spooner better than playing Jake Gensel at center? I guess, but he's five ten, one eighty seven. He doesn't have the size you want to be a center. He doesn't kill penalties. He doesn't take face offs. Well. I mean, he scores. He'll Last put year up, he had 39 points at center, and that's exactly where you want him. And the year before, year before he, that he had 49 points at center. But yes, his faceoff percentage 42% faceoff and 38.9% faceoff. So maybe maybe you put him there and you put Gensel in the middle to take faceoffs. I mean, I don't know what Gensel's faceoff stats are, but like 38.9%. Gensel's at 49.1. So actually, he's taken close to 100 face-offs and he's been right around right around even right but that yeah i i would like that if you make a move lar- for a third line center you want gensel to be on crosby's wing that's why you do it yeah but then who who takes face-offs on the line that you're automatically losing possession the minute he's on the ice so you use him in ozone starts you're still losing them but you, you're gonna need someone to win face-offs Shane can't be your only face-off you put guy. A guy. You put a guy on his wing like Brian Rust. And he doesn't kill penalties. You put a guy on his wing like Brian Rust, who is really excellent at puck retrieval. That's fair. And then you say, okay, you guys are going to be spending all of your time. You put him with Phil Kessel, too, because Phil Kessel's almost exclusively an offensive player, though he's been a lot better at back-checking since he's been in Pittsburgh. But he's almost – when he came to Pittsburgh, he was considered a one-dimensional winger, an offensive winger. So you put Phil out there, you put Ryan Spooner out there, and then you put a guy like Brian Rust out there who is an exceptional two-way winger. And you have Rust retrieve pucks if they lose a face-off battle. This is all hypothetical. If slash when. Because you're clicking at 32% in your face-offs. <laughs> well, okay, so also, that's not necessarily fair to Spooner because this year you're right. Ryan Spooner has had a face-off win percentage with, of with an adequate sample size 49.6 so he's right around where Gensel is well, yeah. this year with more face-offs with an than, adequate sample size when he played center in eight, for 80 games with the Bruins in 2015-16 and had almost 50 points his face-off is 42.8 which it's, it's not it's, very good it's not good but there's room to improve you sound There's like, lots of room for improvement. That was like the dweebiest <laughs> laugh. Like, <laughs> 42.8%. Please. It's, it's <laughs> shitty. An NHL center does not have... Does he... And he doesn't kill He's penalties. He's no Zygomanis, that's for sure. That's true. 
but that's a running is joke anyone the podcast though by you the don't way. The Mike Zygomanis. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm working it. But no. He's no Zygomanis. But that's like saying, you know. Well, yeah. That's I'm like, no Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> or saying, you know, yins are down the street because your Catholic church is no Pope. Right. You know. The analogies go on. Yeah. No, you're right. He's not a very good face-off guy. And whenever he was throughout his entire history with Boston he's been kind of pooped on but face-offs can be taught is the thing well he's been poo-pooed for being a bad defensive center bad period well. yeah so he's pure offense but I mean if you're gonna get him for Cole I mean that's a decent get he's Worst. also if you add him and you trade away Cole you still have cap space so you could add a guy like who's your next person who's um, actually a good you could add this next person that you're gonna talk about solid transition for literally a draft pick and we'll actually let's why don't we transition to that now all right and that aforementioned person is mark latestu can we get a drum roll added in there no like in post-production oh <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> yeah i guess that would be better wouldn't it uh it's mark Lat- <laughs> it's mark latestu <laughs> Uh, is who you're talking about. You could yes. add this guy. He's got $1.8 million in salary. You could add him for a draft pick, like a, a fourth-round draft pick. And then you get more depth at the center position, but you're right. flooded it forward then. Like, I mean, that's not a bad thing, but... There's going to be injuries. That's fair. I There's going to be injuries to players, and God knows we don't need Ryan Reeves for the playoffs. <laughs> so, I mean, why I like are we... Ryan Reeves and... <laughs> but um but yeah yeah it's easy to add latest to for a draft pick a second maybe a third even hell even a fourth might get it done uh, but it makes 1.8 million which the penguins have 866,000 in cap space currently but you trade ian cole and, and Mark plus plus you prorate that and you have some more space. Yeah, his remaining daily cap hit is underneath our remaining daily cap hit for what we would have at the deadline. Yep. Which is what, whenever you're talking about adding players and being cap compliant, that's what you're looking at. Yep, and um, and 16 points in however many games. 46. 46 games. Oof. Minus 15. Yeah, but on a really shitty Edmonton team. Yeah, they've got the Minus worst, worst two last year, but I West. imagine he started... He starts in the defensive zone a lot, um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the minus two is too indicative. But thirty-five points last year, sixteen goals, nineteen assists. That's right around where Nick Benino is. Twenty-five the year before that, then thirteen and fifty-four games the year before that, thirty-four and eighty-two. So a little less production than you want out of your third line center position, but still a decent third line center. Serviceable and a guy you could have without making any other trades. Yes, cheap, probably easy to get because Edmonton sucks. And his face-off percentage is 53, 50 above. He hasn't been below 50 his entire career. Which, which is, is excellent. Which is pretty impressive, actually. That is. But um, kills penalties. He's what you want out of a third-line center, minus a bit of production. And honestly, with Phil Kessel's wing, your production probably goes up. Yeah, I would so hope. So, that I mean, cheap, effective, can kill penalties, great defensive player. Probably not a long-term solution, but of the four that we're for that rating price, today, of the four that we're rating today, he is probably the lowest in terms of desirability. You'd agree with that? Yeah, I, you don't I'd like wanna, Ryan Spooner, but 
you'd agree with that in terms of Mark Latestu, what he brings to the table would yeah. probably be. Oh, the only reason he's above Mark or Ryan Spooner for me is because of years control. And I don't mean to sound like the Pirates here, but years control is a pretty important thing. You mean for Ryan Spooner? Yeah, that's what I think. Because Mark Latestu is. That's the only reason why. That's the only reason Ryan Spooner is ahead of Mark Latestu for me is that we can control him for multiple years until we have another third line center that's ready. Yeah, a la an Adam Johnson maybe or something yep. we pick up. And I think Adam Johnson is going to be soon ready sooner rather than later. Yeah, for those uh, for those listeners that don't know, Ryan or Adam Johnson was picked up last year as a free agent out of Minnesota Duluth. Yep. Uh, he actually played defense in college, but he's kind of transitioned to being a, a forward, and I think the organization likes him at center. Yeah, for sure. I think he plays um, second-line center in Wilkes. I couldn't tell you. I mean, he probably gets shifted around all over the place. Or, I mean, even Teddy Bluger, maybe. Maybe yeah. give him another year of development. But I think he's, he's slotted he's for more of a fourth-line center. Yeah, he's kind of at the point where in his career where he's, he's going to make it or break it in the next year. Yeah, yeah, I mean... <laughs> If he's not the next call-up, I'll be surprised. But we're so deep at forward that it's tough for him to kind of... It's kind of an Oscar Sundquist-esque situation. So maybe we'll trade him for, like... I don't know. You mean Teddy Bluegers? Yeah. Maybe we'll trade him for another enforcer. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. Chris Neal's looking for a job. (laughs) Oh, no, he's playing in the Olympics. Yeah, you don't have to trade for him. (laughs) He doesn't have a team. (laughs) Yeah. Because enforcers are dead in the league. Yeah. But um, this is Mark Latestu's uh, scouting report from the Hockey News. No, I mean it just says he's a versatile veteran Smart forward. Smart two-way pivot with face-off skills and a lot of patience with the puck. He's also Which an is, accurate shooter with pretty good hockey sense. Can play both center and wing as required. That's exactly what you want. I so mean, you he's, get he's, you get Spooner, right? You play Mark Latestu on the wing to win face-offs, huh? Yeah, I mean, then I guess I mean, where do you? I mean. Then you got Simon, Simone, Simone, and and uh, all the other assets that the Penguins have up that are sitting on the bench, not developing. Yeah, but, I mean, you could send Simone down. He's on a two-way deal, and then just have him come up with injuries. Yeah, so Latesti would be a good get with Spooner or without Spooner. But um, Mark Latesti is also an ex-Penguin. Yes, they traded him back in 2012 and picked Mattia Marcantuoni for him, the speedster. That, that was never, fourth round. Yep, he never made the NHL, but he's fast as fuck. So, well, currently he's playing for the Tucson Roadrunners, which I can only assume is. Uh, That's uh, Arizona's affiliate. That, yes. Seven games. He was part of uh, another trade. I think he went with Plotnikov to Arizona, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He went, to Plot- he went with Plotnikov. That's right. Yeah. Oh, Plotnikov. Yeah. Who's currently one of the leading scorers in the uh, KHL, and is playing for the athletes from Russia? It's not shocking. The dude had more. I think his, his confidence just got destroyed at the beginning of the season. I think he had some skills, but I digress. It's a tough transition. Yeah, it's a much smaller rink. So I'm gonna move on to my second guy. You'll probably agree with as probably the best option. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a big Philip Deneau fan, but... Yeah, okay, Those, those so are the two, top two for me. Philip Deneau, and, and the person we're talking about is John Gabriel Paggio, who plays for the Ottawa Senators. He's the third-line center. Uh, Pittsburgh fans might remember him from our face-off with the Senators in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals last year. Or his four-goal four performance against the Rangers. 
previous round. Yep. Yeah, that was nuts. But the guy's a gamer, which is the best asset he has. I just um, want to hear PBQ Paints Arena doing the Pajo chant. You know, the Pajo, 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 Pajo. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. I think you have to be a soccer coach. I might go there. Yeah, and, and try and start it. Yeah, and people will look at you like you have seven heads. <laughs> no, that, be, no people know like, that chant. They'll be like, soccer, what's that? <sighs> Isn't that what them Europeans play? These are like our potential listeners. <laughs> Maybe. So? Madden fucks with his listeners all the time. That's true. People love to be hated on. All of you are shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think the Pajot Pajot chant could be a real thing. It was in Ottawa. Ottawa's not like a soccer town. It's Canada though. Which, which means is jack shit for more European and better educated than the United States. I don't know about I don't know about that. Soccer, don't they play that in that India? <laughs> Again, all of you are shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh <laughs> The trade I did was, uh, I figured we could get rid of Ian Cole. That sounds communist. I figured we could get rid of Ian Cole for uh, at least a second round pick. And that might be a stretch. He might be worth like a third. The last de- last deadline, we got Ron Hainsey for a second round pick. So if Ron Hainsey can get a second round pick, I feel He'll like Ian, Ian Cole, Cole could as well. For sure, yeah. Ian Cole's um, a better play than Ron Hainsey. I have it here on the docket that it was for Toronto. Could be anyone. Yeah, Toronto is trying to add D. There's a couple. There's a bunch of teams in the league that are considering themselves contenders that want to add D. Winnipeg might be another one. Anaheim might be another one. We've dealt with them in the past. I, Boston even. I'm in thinking this scenario. Boston, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tampa wants to add D, but I don't know if you want to hand. Yeah, Tampa wants to D. That's <laughs> That's a solid American joke. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. God bless America. Uh, JG Pajo is the other aspect of this trade. He's coming back in. Uh, but you would trade Cole to make salary for getting J.G. Paggio. And Makes you could do that. 3.1 over three years. Yeah. So term Just signed control. that contract last year. Uh, I think he's 25, correct? He's 25. Uh, what's his production like? He's got 15 points in 42 games this season on a, again, atrocious Ottawa, Ottawa team. team. Last year he had 33 points in 82 games. The year before he had 43 in 82. So he's he hasn't had a lot of, like, Consistency over his career. Uh, Selkie contention as well. So, yeah, he's an excellent two-way forward. Yeah. Excellent face-off guy. 54.8% last year, 53.1% this Great year. Great face-off guy. Excellent, yeah. Looks like he blocks a lot of shots. Hits a lot. Uh, play, kills penalties. Yeah. So he's definitely probably the number one. For me, it's Deneau or Pajot. John Gabriel Pajot. But the trade I, the trade I had was John Gabriel Pajot. To Pittsburgh, and then we would be sending back Philip Gustafson. He's our top goalie prospect. Which we have plenty of young Lots goalies of depth at goalie. in, the, in the system right now. Yeah. Tristan Jari and Matt Murray are both really young. But Philip Gustafson's coming off a high HF World Juniors Where he highest was, he rated was goaltender. Really, really good. Yeah, he won best goaltender of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Over um, Connor Hart, who won the gold. Connor, Carter Hart. Carter, whatever the hell is Fuck the Flyers. Yeah, the Flyers, Flyers prospect. And then Frederick Tiffles is another one of our prospects. He was a third-round pick or fourth-round pick? Uh, late, mid-round pick. <clears throat> he can fly. He's German, which is cool. But yeah, quick skater, signed early out of college. So the Penguins do like him. 
But he can probably easily sub in for another C-level prospect. You're thinking Thomas DePauly, maybe Someone Teddy Blue. has maybe friend NHL ambitions. Yeah, something like that. If you hit a home run with them, they're a third-line player that can bring some speed. So the Tiffel's high end is probably Haglin, if you're thinking. In NHL comparables, it's like a German version of Carl Haglin. Yeah, very fast. Not a lot of high-end skill, but yeah. the speed does a lot for his game. Yep, he looked great in prospect camp, too. He did. And the 2018 second round pick. Yeah, which is a pretty reasonable deal to be had. Yeah, I think Ottawa would like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's a bit of overpayment for Pajot, but that's okay. You might have to do that. Yeah, you might have to to get a third line center. It's not a buyer's market this year. It never is. They always say that. That's true. So if you had to rank them, I'm counting Montreal as two trades. Okay. Because I would take either Canik or Denau. If you had to rank them, you go what? Pajot? Right, you can you rank yours. Me ranking yeah. ranking all four of the ones we've done. All five technically. Who's our fifth? Deneau. Pekanic. I I like Pajot number one. I like uh, Deneau two. I like Ryan Spooner number three. I like Pekanic number four, and I like Mark Letestu number five. All right, so mine are pretty much the same, except switch Deneau and Pajot. I'd rather have Deneau. I think he'd probably come for cheaper. There's no reason for that. I just think that well, Montreal is... I'll give you a reason. Bergevin's an idiot. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's an idiot. It's just, it's a tough... He's bad at trading. It's a it's a tough market to, to succeed in just because of the pressure put upon by the fan base. Which is a fair way... Uh, it's a fair shake for Bergevin. Well, he's been I mean, bad. Yeah. He's made some bad trades. No, the Druin for Sergeyev trade wasn't very good. At least it doesn't look good now. Who knows? Duran could turn around. PK Subban wasn't good. Yeah, that's another another one. But that's another. Signing Carl Olsner like, wasn't a good idea. Well, I like Carl Olsner as a defenseman, but not for that much. He gave him like four mil for four years. I would have given him three five, but four is yeah. On a good defensive team, Carl Olsner's a good player. But Montreal's just not a good team. So here's my ideal lineup. Are you gonna let me finish ranking? Yeah, go ahead and finish ranking. Jeez Louise. So Deneau, Pajot, Pukanitz, and then Spooner, then Letestu. Um, Letestu's like, he's not ideal, but he'd be a great safe bet. So it's almost an honorable mention that could sub in and I'd be happy with. Just off the top of your head, are there any other centers around the league that you would keep an eye on? Carl Soderberg in Colorado is one. I agree with that. They'd have to retain some for him, though. Not a lot. Yeah, yeah. And- it would be an acceptable thing if they didn't retain, but it would be bad, like, long-term for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Como? Nick, Nick Boogstad. No, Como's not a center. Oh, no, I'm thinking uh, JT Comfer. Yeah, I don't think they want to get rid of him, though. No, I he's don't think so. He's young, and he fits their mold. Which is one of the reasons they might get rid of Soderberg. Yeah. Uh, Boogstad might be another one from Florida. Um, I know you don't like it, but Brock Nelson, I think, would be a good fit from New York. The island. Yeah, the islands. I, but that's I'd say that's an off-season trade more than an in-season improvement. When they're both playing for the same playoff spot, I don't think Yeah, but if deal. the Islanders drop out of it and they're building for next year, it's not hard to see them dealing an extra piece for a legit number one goalie and, you know, maybe a Tristan Jari. That makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense, 
if the, in island, the off season. if the Islanders are out of it or if it's in the off season. Yeah, because if it's in the off season, because Jim, I don't think Jim is going to deal Tristan Jari. Yep. I think um, he likes Jari a lot. Yeah, I think he does too. I think he likes goaltending depth as well. But if you can get a decent goalie back somehow, a decent backup that can start you maybe 20, 25 games, then you deal Jari. You don't need a Tristan Jari level goaltender. As a backup. You're, yeah, you're dealing from a position of strength to address a position of weakness, which is trading one-on-one. I think one of the one of the consequences, though, of the Penguins, I don't want to call them a dynasty. They might be a dynasty, but one of the, peng- the consequences of the Penguins' last successes, the last two cups they've won, is that I think teams will start thinking differently about what a starting goalie is and what's best for a starting goalie to give them longevity moving into the playoffs. Yeah. Because last year and the year before last year, Penguins had two legit number one NHL legit number one goaltenders that Matt Murray carried them to the cup, and he didn't play a lot throughout the season, so he was well rested. He was fully prepared mentally for the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean it's good to always have a goalie like that. I mean, that's what I mean. You need to have a one and one A. But back in the day, ideally, back but, in the day of Brodeur and and uh, Patrick Waugh and, and all the other incredible goalies that were, you know. Well, there's, there's the goalies league. that can do that. Holpe can do that. Price can do that. But can they? Because Holpe shit the bed against the Penguins just last year in the playoffs in the That's second fair. round. That's fair. But he was stellar the year before that. He was, but he didn't win. But he was really good. He was. Yeah. And that's... So, I mean, but your, but your argument is, is valid. It's just, I mean... Having a rested goalie for the playoffs, I think, is going to be is the beneficial. new... beneficial. It's going to be one of the takeaways from the Penguins era. Because GMs in the in the NHL are very, uh, they do a lot of mimicking of successful teams, yeah. and so when they look at the Penguins and they say, "Well, why did they get such good goaltending two years in a row?" Was the answer because their goalies were well rested? Probably. probably That's got to be one probably, aspect. Probably, yeah, yeah. And if you can get just a little bit of an aspect going forward, I mean, why not take it? Yeah, any advantage you yep. want to win. So, do you want to go through your lineup post post third line center deal? Yeah. And you have J.G. Pajot in there, but it could easily be... Any of the guys we talked about. Yeah. Left wing, uh, well, I'll just go down the lineup for the forwards. Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Daniel Sprong. Seems Any good to me. I kind of like Sprong on Malkin's wing, but, I mean, that's just splitting hairs. And you can just switch them around, depending on who's hot and who's not. I mean, I, it, it yeah, doesn't... I mean, I just, that's exactly yeah. right. Just I think Gensel working. works great with Crosby. I don't... I mean... It hasn't worked as much this year, but they were money last late last year. They haven't. They've both been having unlucky seasons, is a bad way to put it. But they've both been having seasons where it's been difficult for them to put pucks in the back yeah, of the net. Yeah, and that's. I but mean, they've still been excellent. It's very in terms much a of, sophomore slump for Jake Gensel. It is. They've been excellent though in terms of possession and in terms of driving shots for and suppressing shots against. Yeah, you can even 60. see that in the eye test with Gensel. He's missing wide open cages. Goalies are making six saves on him, and you know it's bound to turn around eventually. The guy can score. The guy can put up points in this league, and everyone knows that. It's just a matter of time. Um, you see Crosby turning around as well, and Sprong's shot is absolutely insane. It is. It's probably he's got such a quick release. It's and probably it's such tied a hard shot. with with Kessel up there on the wrist shot list as far as the team is concerned. So it's it's really easy to see him with a world class setup man like Sidney Crosby. And Jake Gensel's not a he's not a like he's a good player. Yeah, I mean as well. yeah. But Jake Gensel's just a good all around player. Yeah. 
um, smart son of a coach. So two-way player. Yep, great, great player. Uh, second line. I have Dominic Simone Fair on the left wing. I think he's if he's anything in the NHL, it's the top six skill forward. Middle six is what I'd say, but same thing. Tomato, you don't want to waste his talent in the bottom half of the roster. Well, I mean, it, he's a, kind of a sherry type, sherry type, if you will. Complimentary. Yeah. Score. I have him on the left wing, Malkin centering the second line, and Patrick Hornquist on the right. See, I'm not a huge fan of that line. I just, I, I don't like the Malkin Hornquist chemistry, and I don't know. Well, what's... The current lineup for the Penguins, the last two games has been it's been Hagelin on the left side. Yeah. Malkin and Hornquist. I'd love to be proven wrong, but it's just drilled in my head. I don't like the Hornquist Malkin chemistry, and then I mean maybe maybe plug Simone with him, and it works even better. I mean I don't know what the advanced stats say. I don't know. It, it's still a good line. Any line you have with Gino on it is going to be good. Hornquist goes in the net hard. He's a great player. But there's no – I mean, I guess Malkin's the shooter on that line, and then Simone can dish it, but maybe that works out because – Hornquist is a puck retrieval guy. So, like, the ideal line in the NHL this, these days seems to be there's a guy on the line who can retrieve the puck, win board battles, maybe is aggressive on the forecheck. There's a guy who's a playmaker, and there's a guy who can shoot mm-hmm. and generate So, goals. I guess your playmaker, Simone, your, your shooter's Gino, and then – Hornquist is your puck retrieval guy. Yeah, but Hornquist so, I mean, is also Horn- good for 20 goals on a year. He's not 20, a bad goal 25 scorer. even. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, they're all within five feet of the net. Which, I mean, what are Malkin no, and Simone good for except for getting it within five feet yeah, of the net? Yeah, no, I, I agree. But um, Could be good. I mean, it might not work. Yeah, I mean, or, I mean, you just switch it out and put Gensel with Malkin and then put Simone up with Crosby and have the Simone-Crosby-Sprong line that's been really good for the past since the new year. Right. So, I mean, it, it's... Regardless, the top six is set, and it's not set in stone, clearly. And Mike Sullivan knows that, and he'll adjust accordingly. He's always been quick to adjust. Mm-hmm. Third line, I have Connor Sherry on the left-hand side. I have whatever third-line center we get. In this yep. case, it's John JG Gabriel Paggio. Or Philip Deneau. Brian Spooner or Marco Testu. And then also on the right side, Phil Kessel. And that that, you, that's ideally what you want. You want, you want three lines. lines that can score. Or yeah. three lines that can score. With. And then four lines that can put in the odd goal. Three world-class players on three different lines. It's just, that's what wins you cups. And it's a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Because were I mean, Phil Kessel's against, you know, your Jamie Alexiaks and Matt Hunwinks of the world. I mean, that's just not fair. Yeah. <laughs> then then even, if, even if Phil Kessel's against your top pairing defense, then Sid or Gino's against the bottom Did pair. you know that Roman Polak is still in the league? He plays the bottom right-hand side and the Leafs. Solid. <laughs> Can you imagine Phil I mean, Kessel against Roman? Yeah, Blackhawk? exactly. And that that's the matchup Nightmare creates. And, I mean, you saw that in the series last year against Nashville. They had one of the best top fours in the league, but any time their bottom, their bottom pair was on the ice, they just couldn't compete with the Penguins. They had Mike depth. Weber, yeah. And that's what – that was the Capitals. But Nashville had uh, um, They had the other Irwin Weber. And Yannick Weber. Yannick Weber, yeah. that's right. And that that's what won the cup is is the the depth on and the scoring from the, the third ability line. to get those matchups and that just suck for the that other team. third line center will make the Penguins lethal, especially if you can get more production than Nick Benino. Watch out because that will be a matchup nightmare, and that that's what you need to win the cup. They will steamroll people like they did in 2016. Yeah, we if they have a third line center, it. yeah, yeah. 
It's it's insane. That would be one of the better Penguins teams that have ever been iced. Yeah, in the postseason. But uh, the best one to ever be iced in the postseason was ninety two, ninety three, and saw it happen again. Yeah. But um, I mean, so it's the playoffs is a crapshoot. But if they get a third line center, they are definitely maximizing their chances to. And you could plug any third line center in there, and it'd be fantastic. It'd be a lot better than what it's currently. Yeah, I mean, Gensel's a good player, but he's not a center. And he's done well. There, he but, hasn't done amazing. But, but they hate him on, and you see him lining up with Crosby, even in the middle of the game, the New York game. He lined up with Crosby four or five times, and then then you're shortchanging your third line. But if you can roll three to four lines all the time, then you're set. Yeah, and it, it's it's when you have the kind of talent like Phil Kessel on your third line, and like yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's just it's matchup help. Good news, games. Bears. So our fourth line here, and you might disagree, but I have Carl Hagman on the left side, Riley Shahan at the center position, and Brian Russ on the right when he gets back. And okay. there's going to be injuries, so the bottom two guys are Tom Kunako and Ryan Reeves. They, they can fill in if there's injuries. Yep. My biggest problem would be you probably need six forward penalty killers, but I guess Gensel kills penalties. Sick can kill penalties in a pinch. So your top six would probably be... Pajot, Shane. That's see. That's why it's so important. That that's why I don't like Ryan Spooner is because it's so important for that third line center position to be a penalty killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want two guys that can take faceoffs on the penalty kill. Yeah, exactly. There's two sets of four for each penalty kill, so you have to have that guy. Yeah. So I mean, in this scenario, it'd be Pajot, Shane, probably in your depth chart, and then Haglin, Rust. Yeah, and if you're worried about... Gensel, Crosby. If you're really worried about... Which I hate Crosby on the penalty kill, because he's going to block shots and he's going to get hurt. Yeah, that, you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like them putting uh, Edmonton putting Connor McDavid out there for the yeah. blocking shots and penalty kill. You, every single time it happens, it, You must want to Flamingo. There goes their season. Yeah. There goes their season. Just Flamingo the shit out of that. Um, well, I mean, and Crosby's the sort of character guy where he would be like, yeah, yeah he, I'll block shots. Yeah, he's not going to not block shots. Yeah. Because he's a crazy person. Super admirable in some ways, but at the same time, it's like, you get hurt, our season's over. We're effed. It's not necessarily over, but it's it gets a lot harder. But if you really want that other penalty killer in there, you can you can move all the left-wingers up, take Dominic Simone out of the lineup, maybe even include him in a trade. Yeah. Uh, to bring in I'd be okay with that because I like Simone as a player. Line. I like having a check on the team just because that's solid Penguins lineage right there. But... Um, then you can move Tom Kunak onto the lineup. Yep, you got and he an kills penalties and he's set. And you want to go through the defense as well? Yeah. It's, per, it's more or less the same. It's just without it is Cole. the same. Without so, Cole, yeah. Dumlin, Latang, Mata, Schultz, Hunwick, Alexiak. And Ruido is the seventh defenseman. Who, who could possibly go in for Hunwick as a sixth? Because Ruido has been great this year, and Hunwick has been shit. So far. Yeah, so Hopefully far. Hopefully he'll turn it around. Yeah, but, I mean, that's another thing where you just play the hot hand then murray and jari to uh in that round in that yeah and i who's who's the first call up on the left side oh for defense yeah dan's right-handed and it was also the player of the week he had a hat trick in yesterday the NHL, yeah. yeah yeah i saw that so i mean i like padan as a player more than you do but i've also got bankston who's a lefty i think but bankston's right-handed as well Probably you just move Alexiak over to the left and move Ruido up on the right and then bring up Padan, bring up uh, Churchman. Well, I think we're good Cor- on defense. Corrado. 
Maybe add a... Yeah, you, ha- you have a bunch of fringe NHL defensemen that you can bring up. You could add, a, like, a Mark Strike type. Or do that. You can launder someone through the... Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning again. Please God, not Andrew McDonald. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. But you can get a depth defenseman for relatively cheap. It is good to see that even Philly understands that to get their veterans cups, they have to send them to the Penguins. <laughs> yeah, because they're never going to win there. They'll probably fuck that up before because they have a great young co- young core of defensemen, especially. Yeah. But uh, well, they'll, they'll make some questionable trades and fuck it up. Yep. And that puts us to the end. Yep. So fuck Philly. Fuck the Flyers. Yeah. All right. Well, Philly in general is pretty nice, but fuck the Flyers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Penguins Hockey Fancast. We'll be back next week. If you have any questions for us, our Gmail is pensfancast at gmail.com. Or you can get us on Twitter at pensfancast. Yep, we're looking at getting into iTunes sometime this week. Thanks again. Have an excellent week. Go Pens.